Amen. Proverbs chapter 13. 13. Proverbs chapter 13. I tricked y'all the first time, I guess. <laughs> I must have said three. It is three, but it's Proverbs 13 and three. How about that? Proverbs 13 and three. Give me a chance to read. Direct yourself to that place. Proverbs chapter 13. Verse 3, in the Proverbs, we all, all of you may already know that the Proverbs is full. It's a book uh, that encourages wisdom. And the wisdom that the book of Proverbs encourages not the man's wisdom, but it's God's wisdom. It's not the world's wisdom, but it's God's wisdom. Do you know and recognize that there is uh, two types of wisdoms uh, known to man? at least two. One uh, obviously is worldly wisdom and the other one is, is the wisdom from above. Yeah. God's wisdom. Yeah. And do you know that they are contrary to one another? Yeah. They are not the same. Man's wisdom, what it does is it encourages uh, cra uh, craftiness. Yeah. It, 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 man's wisdom has uh, a goal in mind that ends with you being on top of a situation or that thing. Come on, think about it. Yes. See, man's wisdom, what it teaches us is how to be on top. Yes. How to win. And, and, and with that uh, wisdom that man teaches in, uh, on us with the aim of being on top, then guess what? Sometimes we have to be clever. And being clever, sometimes we have to use craftiness. Come on, somebody. See, man's wisdom don't uh, alleviate all of these things. And man's wisdom don't have a full set of moral standards and an integrity of the fullness. Because, see, man's wisdom, its goal and its aim, it's the thing that has to be accomplished is for me, you, whoever is operating in it to win, yes. to be on top. So, yes, it, it, it compromises itself. But the yes. wisdom that comes from above, yes. the God's wisdom, it's not the aim of it is not for you to be on top. But it's for God that is on top to be glorified. Come yes. on, somebody. See, it's for us to submit to that one that is on top. Hallelujah. Yes. See, so this, this uh, God's wisdom don't have, don't need craftiness, and it don't need some kind of cleverness for you to operate in. See, God's wisdom, it needs just one thing, and the book of Proverbs continues to encourage us to operate in that one thing, and that is obedience, my friend, to the commands of God. See, that's what true wisdom The wisdom that's going to last through eternity or and through eternity, the wisdom that's going to take us before the throne of grace, and that's going to carry some weight. See, because when you get to the throne of grace, Jesus, the judgment seat of Christ, the man's wisdom ain't going to carry no weight, my friend. So you can have all of it that you want to. But it will carry no weight at that moment and in that time. But the wisdom that comes from above, God's wisdom, is going to be the thing that's going to sustain you. Glory be to God. At the judgment seat. 
It's going to be the thing that, that, that was your foundation. Because see, if some, some of you already know, some of you Bible students already know that at the judgment seat of Christ, that's where you and me, us as believers, and, and, and there's only one thing that's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ. That's you and me. We're going to give an account of the things that we've done in the body, my friend. The things that we've done in the body, we're going to give an account for it. And see, and why wisdom is the sustaining factor at that judgment seat, because that which we give an account to, I hope that we've done it in the wisdom that came from above. I hope we've done it in the obedience unto Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. Come on, somebody with me right now. And here in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, is just one of them dynamics that God wants to speak to the church right now. It's just one part of the dynamics. And see, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. The, the King James Version says, he that keepeth his mouth preserves, come on somebody, his life. But, somebody say but. But, but he who open wide his lips shall have destruction. He that keepeth his mouth, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who open wide his lips shall have destruction. See, these is, this is just a word of wisdom. This is just one of many of the commands or the keys for us as saints to operate in that will be a sustainer to our life and, and, and as we continue to live life, which life, if you really understand what it is, and most of you that's been around me, you have some kind of insight to what God is saying that life is, and that is a journey. And this journey is not one that, uh, that we lead, but it's one that he is leading us on to the end. And, it's, and there's a purpose to the journey of, uh, of, of what life is. And the purpose, it ain't my purpose, but it's God's purpose. And the purpose for us, uh, for him, as it pertains to our life, is for him to use us as a vessel. Do what? To, to accomplish that which is his will. And his will is about one thing and one thing only. It boils down to one thing and one thing only. And that is that each and every man, as the doors of heaven, is still wide open. As the gate is still wide open. And he is the one that is opening. And he's the one that's going to close it. Yes. That while the gate is still open, that he gives everyone, every man, an opportunity to come in. To receive Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what it, yes. what it all boils down to one thing. And this one thing ain't no secret to you or me, my friend. But the question is, is are we going to yield our life over to him while we own this journey called life that he can use us for his glory? Amen. Yes. Or will we rather use it, this life, for what we want? And see, that's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. That's the, the war that, that we're up against every single day, my friend. And this is the one that right now God is wanting to uh, scream out to the church very loud and very clear because it's high time that the church begin to have a, a, a closed lip and a mouth that is no, not so wide open that it's leading in, uh, 
one to destruction, and, and, and the one that is lead to destruction is, is that, that saint of the church, is that one that represents the church. So it's a bad representation of the body of Christ, my friend. And God is saying it's high time right now. But he challenges right where we are, my friend, to be mindful of the words that come out of this mouth, of, of how this mouth is being used as a believer. And I get the dilemma because I have the same dilemma that you got, my friend. You know, some people, you know, it's just a mess. And, and some people, you know, the, the words that I said, they, they actually deserve it, right? Yeah. But there's a, something that, that is called mercy that God has been teaching us about too. And, and that is with, uh, not giving. And to have mercy is to not give what somebody deserves. It's to withhold that which you do deserve. See, God is one to use us more than us giving them what they deserve because they deserve it. But God says, I need you to have mercy that's going to withhold that which they deserve. He says it's the same thing, you know, that you see, because you, he said, now you understand mercy. You, but the problem is you understand it as it pertains to you. Get it. See, every one of us understands mercy because we cry out for it all the time. But see, the thing that God is saying that I, 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 I need you to know the other side of mercy. And that ain't just what you get, me withholding from you that which you deserve, but it's actually me using you now also. That you may be able to send it to somebody and not give them what they deserve. Withhold from them. And that a lot of it is going to come between husbands and wives. Brothers and sisters. Aunts and uncles. Friends. Co-workers. It's going to come by the way of us withholding our tongue from what that which they deserve. I'm going to agree with you one second. They deserve it. Somebody say they deserve it. We know that. But see, we, but we full of mercy. See, see we, we just got to get that out the way. Lord, forgive us. Right? We, we just going to put it out there. We got to say that they, they deserve it. But we ain't going to pay attention to what they deserve. We're going to pay much more attention to that your mercy that you are commanding and charging. Come on, somebody. Can we say amen to that? Glory be to God. And he's saying a big part of the representation that the church is being, is being seen in the wrong way is it's because of our mouth. James talks about it. Turn your books, your Bibles to James chapter 3. Passage of the scripture we all talk about, all familiar with. <laughs> that in the book of James chapter 3 verse 8, It says that uh, as you get there, we know what, what James, the first thing that he says about the tongue, that it's a, it's a small thing, but it's an a, a unruly evil. That that tongue, though it's a little member of a big body, but it, it boasts big things. And he says, to, even to the point in verse 8 that it says, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God and the Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. 
the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. My brother, these things ought not to be. No way. See, he, he, he makes it very plain and very clear that this, this thing is, is unruly, first and foremost. It is an unruly evil. It's, it's not good. And it takes us realizing and understanding what the word of God says that it's true. Because some of us, the, our, the, only, the biggest problem that we have is not being able to, to tame this thing or, or to, to not adhere to it or to close it. Is because we won't, we reject the truth. I see how your tongue is unruly and it's untankable. But mine, it ain't like that. See, we reject the truth. And it's crazy how we can see the truth how uh, it pertains to somebody else but it's very difficult for us to look in that mirror and see the truth of God's word. Yes. But it's a clear picture when I'm looking at the truth of God's word versus your life. Come on, my friend. God is just saying, hey, because the time ain't getting further away. The time is drawing near, my friend. And me and you that has a reservation in heaven with God that he made, not one that you made. And then the one that he made, he says that he, that, that you can't cancel it or change it for that matter. So he got you a guaranteed spot and he did it by the blood of the Lamb. And while we are yet here in this body, then we ought to pay attention to what he's saying because of the reservation he made. And what he and the things that he said, we ought not to reject them as, as, as not truth as it pertains to ourselves. And that's one of our biggest problems. And God is willing to challenge each and every one of us to see, receive this word for yourself. No, this ain't for your neighbor. Though it may be for your neighbor. But if it's for your neighbor, then your neighbor is it's for your neighbor to receive for himself. Yes, come on. This word is so valuable, it's worth more than gold. When it, as it pertains to you, we were saying this in, in, in Sunday school this morning. God was revealing the fact that we, see when you know something is valuable, more valuable than gold, then you ain't receiving it for your neighbor. All right. <laughs> you receiving it for yourself. Amen. You see, see when God sends this valuable thing from heaven, if, 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 I'll give you a natural example. If he was sending the, uh, the valuables in the form of $100 bills, how many of them would you be grabbing for your neighbor? <laughs> See, we would be getting all of that for ourselves. Glory be to God. We might loan some to our neighbor and expect a payback later on, but right now I'm getting this for me. And God is saying his word is more valuable than the hundred dollar bills, my friends. But we so quick to get that for our neighbor. And God is saying it's been sent for you. And you means me. So it's for me, it's for me. Glory be to God. And I hope that you means uh, you in the form of me. When you say me. Okay, amen. Everybody. So okay, so everybody with me, right? So, okay, then say, say this and say, you means me. You means me. Say it again. You means me. You means me. Okay, I got it. Here. We together here. Amen. Amen. God can speak to us now. Glory be to God. So he says that this, this tongue, that first and foremost, we got to understand what it is. And it ain't good. 
And therefore, then now we, when he speaks to us, the words of wisdom says, says that he who guards his mouth, his tongue, preserves his life. See, so now this, this, this tongue is something that we have to pay attention to, my friend. And some of us, you know, may know that we had some issues, but a lot of us, you know, it's just the norm. See, some of us that was way overboard, you know, came to a realization that, man, you got some issues with that tongue, bro. You need to uh, pay attention to it. But some of us that just was on the medium scale, you know, it went right past us. But God is saying, hey, I need you to be aware of it for each and every one of us because it's a representation of the kingdom. And that work that I'm doing, and that, that, that you, in, in receiving my son, and confessing him as not just Savior, but as Lord. See, Lord means that not, see, Savior, we know what that means. That, that he's going to save us, that we got a home. But Lord, do you know what Lord means? Lord means that he's the ruler, the leader, the, the head of my life right now. Lord means that's the one that I follow every single day. See, and see, now that we receive him, not just as Savior, but as Lord, then God is saying that I need you to pay attention because I, there's a certain way that you're going to have to follow this. Glory be to God. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the, the title of the message is Loose Lips. Sink Ships. We better get that in there. And no, yeah, that title is a natural title, but it's one that we all can relate to, my friends. That loose lips will sink ships, my friends. And the, and the ship that is sinking, it ain't the ship that you own. My loose lips is going to sink what ship? My ship. And we need to understand that. It's the same thing that the Word of God is saying here right now. That uh, he who guards or keeps his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wise his lips has destruction. He who opens wise his lips sheep the ship that he's on. Yeah. And it's crazy because see this this uh, lip thing and this mouth thing. Yes, we know we're gonna go quickly right now. But it comes in the form of gossip. It comes in the form of talking about people sometimes. It comes in the form of being critical of people sometimes. And see, and the thing about gossip and the thing about talking about somebody and the thing about being critical is always sent out to somebody else's ship. But the thing that you don't realize what the word of God says is right here, very plain and very clear. When you gossip about somebody else, when you're talking uh, uh, down about somebody else, and all of these different things, it don't sink they ship, it sinks yours. Yes. It don't destroy them, it destroys you. Yes. See, the wisdom of man says that it destroys them. Because remember, the wisdom of man says that if you put a little salt on this, you know, and throw it out there, yeah, then, then, you know, then, you know, we know what the world's going to do to that person. They're going to bring them down. They was on the high horse, but we're going to lie on them. We'll say this, that, or whatever. And, and see, the, the, um, and see that it has that craftiness and that cleverness to it. Yeah, and, and with the meaning of exalting itself. But the Spirit of the Lord says, see, when you use the wisdom of God says that when, and which one are we going to believe? Man or God? And the wisdom of God says that when you do uh, throw off them things to somebody else, that it sinks your ship. It sinks your ship. So yeah, it might uh, do some damage in the natural. But we ain't talking about natural things, my friend. 
but it destroys your spirit. It destroys in the spirit, my friend. And God says, it's high time that the church pay attention to this because there's too much that it went on. We've been talking about gossip a long time, man. It ain't even so much gossip that God is talking about. He's talking about just the words that we won't tame our mouth uh, from. It's talking about uh, the, the warfare that's going on within us that 2 Corinthians chapter um, 10 talks about. See, it, it, it's talking about that warfare that's going on within us. It's talking about a mindset is what it's talking about. Not even so much the gospel, but it's talking about that which we don't control our tongue with. And that is that the, the things that come into our mind. You see, God was telling me yesterday that everything that comes to your mind, my friend, ain't to be said. Come on, say that. That you need to fight the war. And that war is, is, is not against flesh and blood, he said. Yes. But, it's, uh, but it is a war that's going on from, uh, with the flesh and blood and the spirit, my friend. What side are you going to fight on? Because yes. the true indication of what, what side you're fighting on, I don't care what you say, is the weapons that you use. Yes. See, if you're using natural weapons, then you fight for the flesh. Believe it or not. Yes. See, God wants to teach us something right now because it's been too long. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because it's been too long that we, the church, we've been caught, we, we didn't say the words that we're fighting in the spirit, but we've been using the weapons of the, uh, of the flesh. And when you use the weapons of the flesh, you cannot be fighting on the spirit. When you use the, the weapons of the spirit, you cannot be fighting for the flesh. It's impossible. Oh, somebody, I know, I, this is the first time I heard it. I'm standing right here, too. Thank you, Lord. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I'm telling you the truth. My God says right now, in real time, because we serve a real-time God, and when you're in the Spirit, and when the Spirit of God is there, He can speak to us in real time. And He says it's impossible for you to fight in the Spirit using uh, the weapons of the, of the flesh. And he says, vice versa, and I ain't never said this, ain't never read it, ain't no my notes, it ain't nothing that I've talked about before, but God is saying right now, in real time, that it's impossible to, to, to war for the spirit using fleshly weapons. My God. Look at verse 3 of chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. To what? The obedience of Christ. So there's a purpose to the casting down of these arguments or these imaginations that exhaust itself against the knowledge of God. The purpose to, uh, for this is the obedience in Christ. Listen to this, my friends, because we got to understand this. We've used, we've allowed every thought, we've allowed every feeling, excuse me, strike that. We've allowed too many 
thoughts. See, too many don't mean all. But see, when I said all, somebody shut down right there because you wrong. I didn't, I, I did, out of 90, out of 100, I did 99, but one I didn't, so that don't count me. So let me strike that. We use too many of them. It's too many of the, 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 the thoughts that came in my mind and into our minds that we allowed to come for, to fruition, to be spoken out of our minds. It's too many. And God is saying to the church now that he needs this thing to come under wraps. And this don't just come in the form again, forget the gospel stuff. He, we, we, we've been preaching that for 30 years or more. 30 years for some of us. Because some of us have been in church that long and we know that gossip has been the problem for all of that long. But God wants to speak more than the gossip. He's talking about even the thoughts that come into your mind that you, that you ought not, that he's knocking on the door of your heart, even in that moment, by the Spirit, that you can't hear because at that moment when it happens, you're in your flesh. My, uh, you have some feelings that you operate in, mad, anger, frustrated. And when these thoughts come in, then the mouth goes wide open. Somebody say, a wide open mouth. Wide open mouth. So this is, God is saying, I need you to understand something. There is a remedy to this, and the remedy to this is that you begin to use the weapons that I've given you. And these weapons that I've given you ain't got nothing to do with carnal, carnality and flesh. I've given you the weapons that is mighty in God. Somebody say, mighty in God. Listen to this. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 expresses that. And it says, therefore, check this out. Carnality, which is weakness or worldliness, or carnal weapons will not do it. They won't do it. We need weapons that are what? Mighty in God, which is means God empowered. We need weapons that are God empowered, my friend. Hear me. Their purpose is to is for pulling down, meaning demolishing strongholds. Strongholds is anything that opposes God's will. Here Paul refers specifically to warfare in the mind. See, this is a warfare that he's talking about in the mind. Somebody say, in my mind. In my mind. And this uh, warfare that he's referred to in the mind is against arrogance, rebellious ideas, attitudes, them sort of things. See, come on, are you with me? Rebellion. Attitudes. Contentions. Arrogance. Even. Which is uh, the term arguments here. That's what he's referring to when he says arguments. So casting down every uh, bad attitude, every rebellious idea, every contention, every, yo, all of that mess. That's what he refers to as arguments. That's why you'll hear me uh, rephrase and says, casting out every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, which is God's will. Yes. And this is a command that we have to walk operating. God is saying, I need you to cast out every thought and every imagination. And this ain't a weapon that we use, quite frankly. We don't even fight the battlefield of our mind. Oh, God. 
before it ever even manifests in the flesh. But what we'll do is we'll wait till it took over our mind. Now it's manifesting in the flesh. And after we've done it in the flesh, then we have a sense of, oh man. And then we'll begin to fight. And I fight then, it's, oh, help me, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. I didn't have mercy when you was trying to use me for mercy, but have mercy on me now. And while, while that, that weapon is available to us, God, this, this is what he said. He said, oh, that's all my people that ever used was the, that weapon. But the weapon that I've equipped them to, to be proactive with, to cast down every thought and every imagination, they ain't doing it. So somebody needs to speak on this, he said. Somebody needs to charge the church and challenge us to begin to use the weapon that is empowered by God. Glory be to God. And he goes further to say this. The arguments is that. And against every high thing. What is high thing? High thing is pride. Opposed to the truth. Which is the knowledge of God. Pride that is opposed to the truth. Which is the knowledge of God, my friends. The aim is to bring every disobedient thought into obedience of, to Christ. The aim is to bring every disobedient thought into the obedience to Christ. So the aim is, is for us to not act out of our flesh, but to use the spiritual weapon to bring that thing into subjection in, 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 into the obedience of God. And in that thing, guess what? So yeah, then the mouth begins to shut, my friend. The mouth begins to be guarded. The mouth begins to be kept. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank and guess what that is? Thank you, Lord. He who keeps his mouth preserves his life. Yes. Preserves his life. No, this ain't no message that's gonna make you jump off the roof and get all happy on the inside. No, but it's gonna challenge you on the inside to the obedience of God in Christ Jesus and it's going to sustain you my friend we this is a serious thing and it's a real challenge that God has placed before us and there's no better place to start than in this free church. Yes. So if this is your first time, second time, or third time being here, you know, Lord be to God, let anybody have this thing. This, is, uh, it, this place is free. God is free to speak his word here. Yes. See, he's not bound by man and how he can speak. Not in this place, because this place is his. Yes. Glory be to God. And so he set forth a challenge for you and me. Let me say that again. He set forth a challenge for me and you. For each and every one of us to begin to pay attention. To be mindful of the words that come out of his mouth. Because the, the words that come out of his mouth, they, they speak life or death, my friends, whether you realize it or not. The power of the tongue can speak life or death is what the word of God says. Yes. In there. It can it, uh, send the right message from the body of Christ or it can 
uh, be a bad representation. Or it can, you know, what's a bad representation? Another way of saying that, it can give you, it can give the church a bad rep. You ever heard of that? And see, for many of us in the natural, we care about our reputation. God does too. God does too. And as believers that have a, a reservation, again, we have an obligation and a responsibility to protect his rep. See, some of us didn't heard this before. Some of us understand about reputation. See, some of us have parents that said that you, you ain't gonna go out there looking like that boy because you, 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 uh, with how you look out there is a representation of, of me. That's right. That's Not only did some of us hear, some of us are saying that right now. Yes. So you understand rep, rep. You understand rep. Yeah. But God says, I have a reputation. See, if you remember, Jesus made himself of no representation. Yeah, that's right. To come down in the form yeah. of man. See, because if he had made himself of a reputation, see, and that wasn't a bad reputation. This was, he, he made himself, he didn't even care about the good representation when it came to the obedience of God. See, because the Bible says that he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of man, and he came down to the obedience of God to be what? To be our sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. To be that thing that was going to make everything right with God, my friend. Yes. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Read it. And thank God he did. Amen. But now the church, the body of Christ, has a reputation. And no, it ain't the reputation that natural man. See, everything is the opposite of natural man. We're going to close right here. No, the reputation that God has is not the same as the, you know, the word, you, the idea is the same, but it, uh, just like the idea of wisdom is the same, but it has two different directions that the, the world goes in one direction and God goes in, uh, God says, is the right direction. And it's the same thing about this rep. God's reputation is the right thing. The world, you know, concerned about reputation is a whole, has a whole nother end. The reason why it's important for us to represent, to be ambassadors of Christ Jesus, is because that's the truth. That's the all, end all. That's the, where the rubber meets the road, my friend. Yes. That's where we're going to stand before him. And it ain't going to be no other, it ain't nothing else that's going to mean anything. Yes. Ain't nothing else going to mean anything at yes. that time, my friend. Yes. No matter what we thought. So it behooves us, yes. please, to, to take this simple message, and it is a simple message, to heart. And that we begin to allow the Spirit of the Lord to work in us, to keep us, to, uh, it guards us the way we talk to one another, the way that we talk to people that we don't even know, the way that we talk to our brothers and sisters, the way that we talk to, uh, to co-workers even. See, because they know that you're a Christian, but then they can't understand it because everything that comes out of your mouth is, 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 is rebellious. It's contentious. And they don't understand who this God is. Just because of that. Because of the representation. And we don't want to be that representation. Amen. Amen. So I pray for each and every one of us right now. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask who wants to 
receive the challenge. Every one of us needs the challenge. So whether you want it or not, I'm going to pray for you right now that you receive it. I believe that everybody do, but it ain't going to matter. I ain't going to leave it to chance. Because we all need this. It ain't because I'm saying it, because God is saying that his church needs this. It ain't because, uh, so I'm not praying uh, that you need this or saying that in that way because uh, you may think or not think that you need it. I'm saying it because God says we need it in there. Amen. So let us look to the Lord right now. Would that be okay? Yes. Hallelujah. And truly, if you are in agreement and you know that you need help on this journey with the mouth, the lip, even casting down every thought and every imagination, you know, and not acting so quickly in them thoughts and them imaginations. If you, that's you and you know it, then pray with me as I pray for all of us. Pray with me and pray earnestly. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. 